0: This is episode 29 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I am your host, Emily
1: Sue Allen.
0: Hi there, welcome to the last Kindred Mom podcast of 2017. This episode is a celebration of our inaugural year as a community. Today the Kindred Mom vision team is chatting about a few of the essays that were featured on the blog that we're still thinking about and how the endeavor of pioneering this community has enriched our personal lives. I want to tell you about something exciting. All year we've shared essays one by one on the blog and unless you have scrolled back for days there may be a number of essays you haven't read yet. As a bit of a Christmas gift to you I created a comprehensive archives page that has linked titles to everything we have featured this year as well as the names of the writers that have contributed them. There is a chronological list of the podcast episodes with a description of each of those, and it's my hope that you might revisit that archives page, read the essays, and hear the episodes that you might have missed. You'll find a new link on the navigation bar at kindredmom.com called Archives, and I will link directly in the show notes. Thank you for listening, for your support of this podcast and community, and enjoy our year-in-review conversation. Well, we're so excited to bring a special episode to our Kindred Mom listeners today. We have the whole team here, um, minus our one special friend, Marilyn Song, who is not joining us for this episode. Um, She has stepped off the team for a short time just to do some other things with her family, and the rest of us are here to talk about kind of what has happened um, on the Kindred Mom blog this year and how the podcast has developed and... I'm just really excited to spend a little time celebrating uh, this huge accomplishment that has been the effort of many people bringing this community together. So, ladies, can you all say hello? Hello. Hi. Hello. So we have Sarah Allard, we have Jennifer Van Winkle, and we have Lynn Patty. We're going to talk about just... What we have loved this year about the Kindred Mom community. Um, Jenny, I would love to start with you. If you have something that stands out as the highlight of this year, um, either on the blog or in our Facebook group, what has been meaningful to you about Kindred Mom?
2: Oh, just the fact that it's a writing forum it's a it's a place it's not just writing it's a place for people to have your voice be heard mm-hmm. for me that's been amazingly instrumental in my own in my own life and just getting my thoughts out there and it's kind of been therapeutic <laughs> to, yeah. to to put things out um writing has just been a way to unlock a lot for me and I I happen to think that it's a that it's that way for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I just have been so encouraged, I guess, by how many people want to be a part of what it is that we're doing because it really is special to see women sharing vulnerably from their lives and the lessons that they've learned and the insights that they've gained through their own experience.
2: Absolutely. I think that just being able to share little bits and pieces of our personal stories,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it can touch so many people's lives. And we don't necessarily know how our story would impact someone else other than how it has impacted our story. Um, but an impact is an impact. And you come, you come away with lessons learned, no matter what, what you've gone through. And it's worth sharing those things. And so that's, that's been a really wonderful um, part of Kindred
1: Mom for me.
0: Awesome. Lynn, what has encouraged you this year about this whole experience and journey?
1: Well, for me, um behind the scenes just having this community, this team, the Kindred Mom team, I've gotten to know all of you so well and that has just bolstered me in my Uh, mothering journey and my writing journey as well. um, Because we edit each other's essays as well. And um, besides that, just to see um, the quality writing come through the website um, has just been so good. Sarah, do you have thoughts on
3: this? Definitely. I think for me, what is so unique about Kindred Mom is just the spirit of moms cheering moms on in every endeavor and big and small. I think celebrating small victories on Facebook um, Mm -hmm. has been really awesome just to see what that looks like for other women, even women in different states, different countries, just this um, connection of motherhood. And for me personally, I really enjoyed hosting a summer connection group this summer. I think for me, it put Kindred Mom really Um, like put flesh on kinder mom, if that makes sense. Just seeing real time Mm -hmm. mamas cheering each other on, doing life together on a weekly basis was really awesome. I was privileged to be
0: at that group this summer and it was really fun to just see so many women gathering together with their little ones and making community happen even though it was a little bit chaotic and kind of all over the place at times. It was also just really special to have time face to face with other moms and so I agree. I think that was a really special part of this year. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I did preparing for this episode is I went through and I wrote down all of the topics that we covered this year from February until now. And um, first of all, there were so many, (laughs) there were so many topics, so many writers, so many essays that were featured on the blog. And we've had, this is our 29th podcast episode since June and, or I guess it was May when we started and so I just feel, um, I feel really humbled and really grateful for how many people have contributed to this endeavor. And uh, as we're kind of taking a look back at the year and celebrating This accomplishment as a team and as a community, um, I just have to say there is no way to personally acknowledge every single writer who has contributed, but I do feel so grateful for each one. And there is not one piece that we have featured on Kindred Mom that I'm not super proud of because of how much heart and courage has gone into sharing these stories and insights. And um, so I just want to take a minute to thank everyone who has contributed, both those of you on our team and the people who have uh, contributed essays through the submission form every month. It's just really remarkable to see everyone come together for such a common purpose of wanting to see other moms encouraged in their journey. So
3: let's cheer. <laughs> Woo. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think what stands out too is, you know, it's some mamas that have been writing for quite some time and some mamas where this is their first time putting something out there. And it's just been amazing to see the courage and how we can learn from each other.
0: It's been a really special part of this endeavor. So thank you, everyone who has done that. And I would love to just turn the question just a little bit to each one of you again um, and just talk about what you have learned through the different essays that we have read this year. I think that there are little tidbits of wisdom that have been dropped in each of the essays that um, are what make them special. And I have a couple things that I'm still thinking about months and months later, and I would love love to know from you ladies, what you're still chewing on or thinking about from some of the essays.
2: I come at things from, from more of a craft, um, like a craftsman's point of view, I suppose, just because I really have been enjoying learning as much as I can about how to craft a well, a well-written essay, Mm -hmm. how to grab a reader And have them come along on a journey with me Mm -hmm. through my own memories and through my own uh, stories. And so when I get to read essays that really paint a vivid picture for me that I find myself getting sucked into their world and I find myself feeling some, you know, probably very minute fraction of the emotions that they were feeling in their in their story. But I read those essays and I can't stop reading them until the very end. Yeah. And it's just like, it feels like it grips my heart. And one of the essays that comes to mind that that just captures for me vivid storytelling that just grips me was the piece by Jay Anderson that was called A Flourishing Life, Pediatric Cancer Awareness. And she just started that essay off with such a vivid picture of I don't know, I just was taken away by the description that she was painting of basically just how her her daughter lost her battle with cancer and how that had shaped, you know, her in this moment. Yeah. And I I've never been through such traumatic thing as, as what she was describing there. But my sons were in the NICU for three weeks when they mm-hmm. were born. And she had this line in, um, her essay that described the windows of the hospital that her daughter was, was in. And it was what grabbed me was. I, I, <laughs> I thought about the windows of the hospital when my, when my sons were there and mm-hmm. she said, but my heart can never unsee what it has witnessed. Mm-hmm. I will never look at the windows of that building. The same, just mere glass reflecting sunlight glowing with the coming of night behind which our lives engaged in incomprehensible battles, hopes strained, so taut, wailing for a child gone still. And, Oh my gosh, it just gripped my heart so much because you don't comprehend on a day-to-day level what's going on behind those windows. And behind those windows is some level of hell that someone is living through. Yeah. And sometimes they're doing a really good job living through it. Other times they are they're absolutely overcome by the difficulty and the pain of it all. And Oh, that essay for me was just like so close to home. Yeah. You know, obviously in a different manner. And I just love how she shared such a deep thing. Yeah. Such a personal thing. And not just not just her essay, everyone who has contributed a piece for us mm-hmm. has gone to this level, right? Has stepped through this door of showing something vulnerable and sharing something that has been very instrumental yeah. in shaping them as a person through their, through their journey in parenting mm-hmm. and in motherhood. And as I learn about what it, what it takes to be a good writer and what, what it requires of you, I think of a quote from David Mamet, who's a writer. Um, he wrote, uh, and he writes plays and he said, writing is easy. You just sit down at the page and bleed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so easy. All you have to do is do that. And I just, I commend everyone who's been able to do that because that is a vulnerable thing. And that puts you in it. I don't know. It's just,
0: yeah, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And we've had so many, like, as I look at the list of topics that we've tackled this year, there are a few lighthearted ones and there are a lot of heavy Heavy ones. And I think that's what has been interesting for um, people as they find Kindred Mom that there has been really no shortage of people sharing very deeply from their experience on topics that many people struggle with, but not as many people write about or share about. And so I think that's another thing that I'm really just proud of this whole endeavor because of the courage that has come into play with everything that has been shared on the podcast the blog. And I mean, there's dozens of other essays that fall in that camp for me of this is someone's genuine offering from their heart, from their soul, that I just feel like it's a privilege to host these words. So
3: definitely on that note of courage, I think um facing postpartum depression by Lindsay Cornett really stands out as well to me. That essay was just such a raw look at her journey of mm-hmm recognizing where she was at and that she needed help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of these essays, it just, it really takes you, whether you've been through it, the author's been through or not, it brings you into a different world and really gives you compassion for other mothers. When she had originally
0: submitted this postpartum essay. We didn't accept it at that time just because it didn't feel quite ready, but she responded in such a beautiful and humble way that I am inspired by. She worked on that essay and and put her heart into it and really took our feedback and It's one of the essays that I find to be um, the most impactful from the year as far as the amount of feedback that we've received from it and how many women have resonated with that experience, but haven't necessarily been able to put words to just how challenging the postpartum healing time can be.
3: Mm -hmm. And I thought this quote really stood out. I think whether you've gone through any kind of postpartum or not, she says, my identity was not good mom or happy mom or perfect mom, but Mm -hmm. simply beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. If God's grace was big enough to cover my pride and selfishness, my dishonesty and anger, my addictions and fears, then it was certainly big enough to cover my motherhood. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mic drop, okay. mic drop by Lindsay.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, this one was also on my list um, to talk about uh, on this podcast because I just remember as as I was looking over submissions for that month. What uh, I guess this month. Uh, I was sitting in Starbucks, and you know, I kind of had the rush of the day, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm here. I got my coffee. I got my iPad. Here we go. Boom." And then I read her essay, and I was just just dissolved into tears in the middle of Starbucks, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Um, It just really hit me so so hard um, Mm -hmm. what she had talked about. And actually, Sarah, that quote that you just said was what I. Um, Lifted from her essay to talk about as well. You know, the the essays not only are for our listening audience or reading audience, but also for us, man. They just, they get us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that one thing that has been really beautiful to see is when there is a really uh, vulnerable and effective piece of writing where someone has not kept all those details at arm's length, but they've brought it really close, where we feel with them what they have felt through those seasons, that is something to me, it just reaches me at a heart level. And, um, you know, I think that's why some of these essays just really have stood out. And, you know, it, it can be months later, and I'm still thinking about a line. Or an idea that uh, has been shared. And so there's just something really special going on with this community and the writers that have shared. Does anyone else have an essay that they're still thinking about that they want to talk
1: about? I really love Jenny's essay. Jenny, that's on this podcast right Mm -hmm. now. I really (laughs) loved uh, all of her essays this year, but um, the Speedboat Ocean Liner one was just so good. And what I was thinking as I was reading through a lot of these essays in preparation for today was that I think I have trouble sometimes putting words to the things that I feel as a mother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just kind of go through life and do the things. And um, one thing that I really appreciate about Kindred Mom is that it it puts feet to my feelings. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, that. Mm -hmm. And so... When I am able to identify something, it's there's a freedom there and there's a security there for me mm-hmm. um, emotionally that I have been able to resonate with something someone said, and I think the speedboat ocean liner essay is an idea uh, that I had been feeling for a long, long time, but hadn't quite been able to describe. And and Jenny really just hit the nail on the head. The the part that I wanted to quote says. You have traded speed and agility for endurance and strength. Your ocean liner is built to handle adversity while providing comfort for all aboard. And you can go farther into the vast sea than that little speedboat ever dreamed of. Mm -hmm. The woman you once were is still you. She will always be you. There may be more souls on board, but you are still the captain of your ship. And you are still sailing. The boat does not make the woman. Mm-hmm. Woo! I was yeah. like, "Yeah, man, so good. It's just so good. And, you know, I'm my oldest is 10 now and I'm pregnant with my fifth baby. And so to look at the past 10 years mm-hmm. and be able to put that kind of a description to the to the types of things I feel as a mother is really important to me.
0: Yeah. I just find that was a really um, hope-filled essay as well, because I know that the first few years of motherhood are just rough on everyone. There are challenges, there are unforeseen problems that arise and things that, you know, are within ourselves. We're still trying to discover who we are as moms, as our kids are have all these physical needs that we're just trying to keep up with. And I... I just find a lot of hope in seeing that that tumultuous season isn't necessarily going to last forever, that it yeah. is very hard and we can acknowledge that. And all of us can resonate with that. I know, but you know, I'm, I'm in a season right now where I have my six and Things are not as as topsy-turvy as they once were, even though it feels like maybe they should be because there's now six people (laughs) pulling for my attention in every direction. But we are steadier and I do feel more prepared to weather the storms and the struggles that come. And so I think that was a really lovely essay. Jenny, thanks so much for writing it.
3: Well, I love that essay because you know, it points to the bigger picture. And then on Kinder Mom, there's also so many practical essays. That's one thing I think it pulls your head up to kind of look mm-hmm. at what is the big picture. And then there were some other essays where it's like, I am drowning, <laughs> like we're talking about. Yeah. And I'm, you know, more in the earlier stages of motherhood where I've got my two and my oldest is two and a half and I've got a seven month old. And um, so just clinging to some of those where I could just pull one little mm-hmm. nugget. Um, there were a lot of those as well. And one that really stood out to me was getting out the door without leaving my sanity behind Mm -hmm. by Carissa Pomerain. And the one nugget that I continue to say almost every morning was just add one more food group Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) because I'm in the picky toddler stage Mm -hmm. and just in the trenches and um, remembering, okay, if you're just going to eat a muffin, I'm going to add a glass of mm-hmm. milk or I'm going to add a fruit. That one has really stood out to me. So helpful. Yeah. And another one um, on the just kind of small nuggets that I took, I really loved uh, Noelle Rhodes' essay, Say No to the Narwhal. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that essay was so funny. We've had a couple of essays from her and I just love her humor and relatability. And there's some really good stuff in that one. Yes.
3: Yeah, so her sense of humor, it's You know, just reminding mamas what other mamas need when they're um, welcoming a baby, you know, a clean house, some peace and quiet, the date night in, adult conversation and words that will affirm. And Mm -hmm. um, I just thought those were really valuable points to remember when we're um, trying to surround and support a mom that has a new little one, especially um, the peace and quiet, you know, remembering to help that mom if they have other kids so they could have that time to attend and really bond with their baby was really valuable, I thought.
0: Yeah, I love Noelle. She's such a a wonderful writer, and just always brings a dose of encouragement and humor with her pieces. So, thank you, Noelle.
1: One thing I really love about the Kindred Mom community is that we are just all in it together, like the writing as well. That you know, nobody has a corner on how it's all supposed to be done, or um, you know, just tied up in a nice, neat bow. And uh, as I was looking back, I remembered. Writing an essay in April called "Choir Calling," and there were some questions that I posed in the essay, which is, "Will they, meaning my kids, will they grow up to be decent people? Will they ever sleep? Will they ever really know God deeply? Will they love me when they're grown up, or will they turn to therapy to deal with how much I Mm messed them up? Seriously, Mm -hmm. God, will they?" Like these desperate questions that I have. And what's interesting is that was way back in. Well, it feels like way back Mm -hmm. in April. That was. You know, back then, and I still I ask these questions daily. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm still like just clinging to every truth, every like Sarah was saying, every nugget, another food group. Great, good, yeah. got it. Go, you know. And it's just it is it is a process, and I certainly feel as a mom that I've come a long way, but still, we are all in progress, yeah. all of us. And it's so nice to be in a community where. That's okay.
0: Well, and there are so many things that we can learn from each other that, no, I think sometimes we don't realize the ways that we ourselves might be brilliant at something that someone else is really struggling with. So just seeing how Mm -hmm. some of those little details weave their way into the things that are shared and the pieces that come in. It's just been really. I think it's enriching for me because there's not. I don't. Know, you just never know what you're going to learn when you are hearing from someone's authentic experience or something that they have sorted out a particular challenge in their life, or maybe they're still sorting through it, but they have some questions that they're asking or things that they're trying. And I just think it's really valuable yeah. um, to share these little tidbits of things that when we share them, we don't necessarily realize how that's going to impact someone else's life, but there. Are are many, many things. I had sweet comments privately and in our Kindred Mom Facebook group mm-hmm. that just encourage me along the way that, you know, it is a pretty significant investment for someone to sit down and write a piece and for our team to go through the submissions and really try to curate the best collection of pieces that we can for that given month. But I just find that it is worth it because of how enriched I feel just reading about these experiences and the insights and the heart that are captured in
3: the writing. And on that note, Emily, I would love to hear, is there an essay or two that stand out to you that you've been chewing on? You know, there are a couple that stand out. Last week in the Facebook group,
0: I had asked if anybody from our group who's not on our team just had any thoughts that they wanted to share about pieces that have stuck with them. And Lindsay Cornette had mentioned the one by Laura Way, which is called My Body Broken. And mm-hmm. she was talking about just how going through childbirth and just how her body has changed, that there really is a sense of just not feeling strong anymore. And it's one of those essays, I feel like you have to really read it to get what is golden in it. But I I still think about that one as well, because she likens the brokenness of our bodies to the brokenness of Christ when He gave Himself up for us. And I have thought about that thought before, but not necessarily in the context of just the postpartum healing. Period, And having been through childbirth six times myself now, um, and my sixth one especially, I have just been really physically broken down this last two years since his birth. So that one really resonated with me a lot, um, because... I just find even though I do not feel strong, I feel a sense of purpose in having gone through this process in order to bring my children into the world and also continue just loving and serving my family, uh, even though it does come at a cost to me. So that's one of the essays that I'm really thinking about a lot still. I also, I feel like I have to mention Darina's uh, essay, Chasing Rest, because i I think all year I've been trying to outrun (laughs) that idea that, oh, I can just, if I organize myself better, if I, you know, I just, I do a lot of things and I enjoy doing a lot of things and being very productive and being creative and all that stuff. But I just, as we've gotten closer to the end of the year, um, I just have been realizing how I really do struggle to slow down and rest. I struggle to see that things can be set aside for a time while I have restored. Of sleep and you know, just gather my thoughts and just spend time with my family. And it has made me realize that the, the things that I value um, now at the end of this year are a little bit different than the things that I valued in the spring when we were getting this whole thing started. And so I just am really grateful to Darina. And there have been a couple others who shared on the topic of rest. We had the case for naps, which was Lindsay Crandall, I believe, and we had a couple of other essays that were just on. The, the subject of rest or self-care and that is something that has really propelled me to make our first topic for next year a little bit in that vein because it's <laughs> it's what I'm personally dealing with right now.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, thank you for bringing up those essays. I think all of us mamas, as we're pouring out to our littles, it's so easy to forget that it's important to rest. And Lindsay's, well, both Dorina and Lindsay stood out to me, but today I took a nap (laughs) and um, I think about this quote from Lindsay's essay a lot. It says, so here's what I have to say about naps. If a nap helps you get through the day, do it. If it makes you a better mom and wife and Mm -hmm. friend, do it. If it gives you a boost so you can stay up later or not be grouchy all afternoon, do it. And if it Mm -hmm. makes you feel good and you can go ahead and enjoy enjoy your nap. And for me, you know, there's just so much freedom and, listening to our body, listening to our limitations. Mm -hmm. And I took a nap today and I feel great tonight. (laughs) I took a nap today too. Uh Yes. My
2: nap today was, was upright in a chair. And (laughs) I I was thankful because the chair has like these like wings. It's a a retro chair has these wings up by where my head is. So I could like kind of lean over. (laughs) This is like, yeah, I'm getting a couple Z's. So uh, I'll take it. I'll Mm -hmm. take it. That's
3: great.
0: Nap where you can. And nap where you can, when you <laughs> yes. can, and don't feel guilty about it.
3: <laughs> you know, Emily,
1: I wanted to also ask you, because um, we are a team, of course, but you are kind of the captain of our ship. And mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to ask you as the leader, like, how has it been for you to watch this? What has it been like for you this year?
0: Yeah, so it's been extremely rewarding. Um I have never done a project like this that has involved so many people. And so for me to see so many women respond to our call for submissions and to have the team come around and support me in all kinds of ways has just been really enriching and I don't know. I really feel humbled that a small idea that I had randomly that was like, maybe someday I'll start a podcast. And then, you know, the whole thing has flowered in a way that is just beyond my expectations. And, um, it's, it's one of these things where I just think it's special because it is a collaborative effort. It's special and beautiful because it's not just me it's you know so many people who are are contributing and participating in the conversations that we've started, and so for me it's been extremely rewarding. It has been also a learning curve. There's a lot of skills that I've had to pick up along the way. I had never edited anyone else's work other than like in college, like term papers kind of editing. But I have learned a lot about writing just from reading and curating content for the blog. Um, obviously, I learned how to podcast because I had never done that before and I feel like there are no negatives to this experience. That I have learned and grown a lot, and I've seen a lot of other people also learn and grow a lot. Whether it's um, you guys on the team, each of you have stepped in and just filled roles that needed to be filled. Whether or not you had the experience or skills, you have developed those, and that has been a really beautiful thing to watch. We now have over a hundred people who are on our Kindred Mom Writers list who have gone to the Write for Us page of our website and receive emails from me each month about the topics that go out. And so that to me just says that there are women who are really longing to share their experiences and their stories and that there is a need to be seen and heard. And this is just one way that a mom can do that, um, whether she is a really experienced writer or just getting started with that journey of creativity and self-expression. So for me, it's been worth every bit of effort that has gone into this endeavor.
3: I love that. The heartbeat of Kindred Mom is so collaborative and it's been so neat to be part of the team and watch everything come together, Emily, and your vision. And um, I just love your heart for welcoming in different mamas in so many capacities to cheer one another on. It's um, so much more beautiful and we do it together.
0: I agree. I definitely wouldn't change that part of it at all. Like I, I am honored by how many people have chosen to become involved with this.
1: I had been looking back um, from the manifesto, which is one of the first things that we ever posted. Mm -hmm. And I was looking through all the the points of the manifesto and just like, oh yes, this is great, great, great. The Mm -hmm. one that stood out to me is we are mothers who know sleeplessness, loneliness, sacrifice, exhaustion, fear, uncertainty, and struggle. Mm -hmm. Yet we believe motherhood to be a valuable and satisfying endeavor. For me, uh, this year, as I have been interacting with people in my community and people in my neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. This has been the thing that has almost been a banner for me or like Mm -hmm. a theme for the year, which is to say that we do some hard things as moms, but we still are endeavoring to find those redeeming qualities within what Mm -hmm. we do yeah, and that has just really been so good for me. It's been such a good shift for me to think um, about the positive things. I mean, yeah, to put it to put that spin on it, I guess that that really is what it is. And um, I've just noticed as I've interacted with other mothers and even other people who aren't parents, um, mm-hmm. that that even that idea is a little bit crazy out there in the world right now. yeah, that this is really hard. and yet, it's so good. So that's just been really, really good for me as I, um, interact with these, these friends.
2: I agree. It's one of those things like motherhood is super, super hard. And it's just nice to read about how other people crash and burn. And (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not, not, I mean, just so that you can like go, I'm not the only one who makes, gigantic mistake sometimes. And just to, just to know that you're not alone in the things that you, that Mm -hmm. you do and to just glean the wisdom from, from moms that have crashed and burned and are living to tell the tale. And I just, I feel like there there's power in redemption in learning from our mistakes and sharing what it is that we're learning. And the act of writing it down or the act of talking about it is for me, like the whole adage of you teach what you need to learn. And I just think that there's a lot that I need to learn. <laughs> and and I, I can't really write about all of that right now. But I just appreciate so much that this is a community of people that you can that you can write about your triumphs and you can write about your failures and you can, and you can share all of those things and it's valid and, it, and there's, yeah. and there's truth in all of it. So it's just, it's great to have an outlet.
0: Yeah, I actually starred what some of the most popular topics have been. We have a bunch of ones that were kind of like awareness things. We had autism awareness and mental health awareness, and we did childhood cancer awareness and the pregnancy and infant last month adoption. Um, and one of the things that I loved about this year is just how we really tried to give space for a lot of different kinds of families and mamas in their experience. I learned so much about autism during the month that we did that. I just feel more connected to moms who... Are trying to figure out evaluation process and just knowing that there are things about our experiences as moms that we don't have to have the same experience to be learning from one another has been one of the most beautiful parts of Kindred Mom for me. Just the ability to tell our stories, they don't have to be fancy. We don't have to have like prize worthy essays here to have something really valuable to just kind of, think about for that week. What goes on the blog is just full of heart and courage. And, you know, the the most popular ones were actually like we, we received so many essays for feeling inadequate when we did that topic, as well as yeah. combating loneliness. Um, so many mamas yeah. are dealing with these things that we feel like we might be the only person f- feeling this way, the only person struggling with. But seeing how many essays came in on those topics, I just was like, this is such a universal issue that we just need to talk about because I just think there is no reason we need to stay in a place of loneliness or discouragement, especially because there are people who want to come alongside us, whether that's in our everyday lives or through this outlet where, you know, you know where you can come for encouragement about motherhood. And I just wanted to mention we had over 20 topics that we covered this year, which was a little bit too many (laughs) as far as like trying Mm -hmm. to follow the storyline and whatnot. So we're simplifying as we go into this next year. But one of the things that I have found really exceptionally wonderful about being able to incorporate so many people's stories and um, really do all these topics is it has really helped me clarify my vision or my desire for this space and really wanting to draw moms uh, to see the value of what they do in their homes, that the unglamorous mundane things that we do to raise our babies and to nourish them and to teach them that these are not small things. They're not necessarily easy things or things that anyone is handing us an award for, but we are building the lives of future adults and the things that we invest in them are just so much more important than um, I think we realize. And so going forward, I just wanted to narrow our vision in just a little bit where we're not necessarily going to take on every subject under the sun that deals with motherhood, but just really start uh, talking about the things that will help us see the value in what we do as mamas and see how we can do that in a way that we can be encouraged and flourishing in the midst of our pouring out.
2: I wanted to circle back really quick to when you were talking about the topics that people Mm -hmm. wrote in a lot on this past year and inadequacy being one. I just got to thinking a lot of women, a lot of mothers struggle with inadequacy. And we can, we know that because A lot of people chose (laughs) to write their story and share it with us. And to me, that's just telling because a person who is worried about doing the best that they can do is a person who is striving also to do the best that they can and to be caring for their family, caring for their children well. And so all I just want to say all of you moms who struggle with inadequacy and worry that you aren't going to measure up. You already are. You already are passing the bar, right? You're already doing a good job because you care, because yeah. you're worried that you don't, that you worried that you aren't making the grade. And I just think that it's important for us to continue to keep the door open, to, yeah. to talk about those things. And to, as you said, Emily, to offer encouragement, because that is what helps everybody get up the next day mm-hmm. is knowing that I didn't, screw it all up. I did a few things right. And I can take that little tiny win and go to bed Mm -hmm. and get up again and go another round and, and do it again because it's worth it. And these people that I'm caring for are worth it. Mm -hmm. And, and so I love, I love the whole encouragement thing. I just, I, I'm so for that being a huge tenant of this next year.
0: Well, there's one line from the essay we already mentioned from Lindsay Cornett at the very end of her um, postpartum depression essay. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, I don't, this is from memory, so hopefully I don't get it wrong. Um, but she talks about the distance between struggle and failure, which we usually equate those kind of close together is really vast that just because we're struggling does not mean we're failing. And I just found a lot of encouragement in that line because I feel like I'm always struggling (laughs) And to know that in the midst of my struggle, that I'm not failing, that sometimes failure is like this thing. It's like the only thing I can see, like I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing when really it's just this is hard and I am struggling, but I am trying my best. And there are a lot of victories that we don't acknowledge that we don't, I mean, that's part of why celebrating small victories is kind of a big deal, like in mom, because the small things are important. And there was also, um, Um, Marilyn Song Wilson, who has been on our team throughout this year, she had several essays that she wrote. And One of them, the first one, I think, for the community was called Redefining Supermom. Mm -hmm. And she said in that essay that there are a thousand little ways that we love and rescue and serve our families every day. And, you know, that that's really what being a super mom is about, that we are showing up. We are caring for our families in ways that, um, that are hard and challenging, but we keep showing up and we keep doing that. And I just think that should be celebrated. So I'd love to just talk a little bit about what we have going forward with Kindred Mom, because there are some changes happening. So... I would love for you gals to think about uh, the topics that we have going into this next year and what you're excited about. I will say that um, going from having more than 20 topics in a 11 month span, we are simplifying in a huge way and we're kind of fitting every month under one umbrella and one topic, um, which I think is going to be better for everyone. I think it's going to be gentler for us as the team curating the essays and writing. And I also think it's going to be gentler on the people who are following what we're doing so that, you know, as we share multiple essays throughout a month, that there's kind of a flow to them and it's not a random, but oh, we have five different topics this month. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, so, beginning in January, we're doing a self-care, soul care for moms series, and I would love for you girls to just start talking about. We we did a special like get together in person with our team a couple weeks ago, so we've really deeply thought about, talked about the stuff going on from January through May this year, and uh, it was a really special time, um, really fruitful, and jump in and tell me what you think about what's coming up.
1: I'm really excited. I know for me, um, I'm getting ready to have a baby um, in late February. And um, mm-hmm. so it was really good to kind of hash some of the stuff out while my brain is still intact. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's going to be good. I'm just I'm really, really excited for what's going on. And mostly I'm excited. I think, you know, Emily sort of already mentioned this, but for us to streamline, for us to just make it a little bit easier on ourselves as a team um, Mm -hmm. and Emily as the captain, like just to make sure that we're not overdoing it, you know, maybe even practicing what we preach, so to speak, you know, like if (laughs) we need to embody some of these these things that we've been talking about. So it's going to be good. I'm really, really excited for it.
0: Awesome. Sarah, do you have thoughts about the topics coming up?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm always excited for January, uh, just that sense of a new year and organization. And um, I definitely have more of a type A brain, but I feel like I've been a little bit in survival mode, just coming out of the newborn phase, getting under me again. And so personally, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to learn from other moms as far as self-care. Cause I feel like that's an area that I could really grow in. And, mm-hmm. um, that's one thing, you know, as we're brainstorming these topics, it's not like we're like, Oh, I'm an expert on self-care. So let's talk about this. <laughs> like, it's more <laughs> sure. like, Um, okay. I'm drowning. What else? What, what do you have? Like, I always think about, yeah. you know, motherhood is like, we, we have tool bags and we are constantly growing and changing those tool bags. And what I love is when I can take tools from my other mama friends and add it to my own bag. And so um, that topic I'm really excited about. And then um, coming up in March to becoming a resilient mom, um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, kind of like we're talking about all the feelings that come in and when we're getting down, um, kind of how to pull out of that. And it's funny as we've been talking about essays and last year, another one that had stood out was um, Robin Chapman's my kids are jerks.
0: <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love
3: Robin's sense of humor and her essays, and just kind of those moments when it's like you're ha- it's, I feel like it's one of those days you're just having you know, we all have those days and our kids are jerks and how to <laughs> be resilient and come out of that. so. Awesome. Yeah. So
0: January is a self-care, soul care kind of topic. February, we're going to be looking at love and yes, like marriage and relationships, but also just cultivating love within our relationships with our kids. And there's some cool ideas um, on that topic that I'm hoping some writers will write on. And um, then Sarah mentioned March becoming a resilient mom. And then April, I'm really excited about April, guys, because it's uh, about Cultivating Intentional Family Culture. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that a few of you are also excited about this one. Um, There's a number of things under the umbrella of family culture, but the one that I am excited to revisit that we did earlier this year was talking about screen time and just kind of how the role of screens in our homes, you know, that kind of really determines a lot of our family dynamics, if we're honest, at least in my house. And so I'm really looking forward to revisiting that. So in May, we're also going to be talking about cherishing childhood, which encompasses a number of things, but especially making memories with our families. And I have a desire to just share some of my experience as a wedding and family photographer. For, I did that for over a decade. And uh, I just have ideas about how moms who maybe don't have as much photography experience can really intentionally capture moments of you know these fleeting years that are really, they're flying by us. <laughs> Everybody knows like one minute you blink and your two-year-old is then five years old or as they grow it's just it's so easy to let it be a blur in our lives and um, I just would really love to talk about some tips and strategies and um, ways to organize family photos and enjoy them for years to come so there'll be more under that umbrella but that's one of the things I'm excited to talk about in May
3: definitely. And then it's very different this year. We're taking a break for June and July. Mm -hmm. Um, We felt like as a team, as we were talking, just kind of the trajectory we were on as far as the topics and everything this year have been so good, but what was the pace that we could maintain and be able to pull back and have that time for creativity and times just like Emily was talking about to really soak up our children. So, I'm excited for that break, but also coming back in August. So while
0: we are wrapping up this episode, which it's been so fun to talk about all of the essays from this year and the things we've learned and the ways that we have grown uh, as a team, I would love to, as we're going into Christmas season, talk about maybe our things that we're most looking forward to um, in the next few weeks as we prepare our families and our homes for Christmas. What are some of the traditions that you guys incorporate in your family celebrations?
1: We have a lot of traditions over here that we do, but this year just with me being pregnant and, um, I don't know. I've been feeling just like I need to simplify everything, mm-hmm. just everything. Yeah. And um, I feel like our Christmases in the past have always started out with that intention, mm-hmm. but then end with like <laughs> junk all over the house. That yeah. I'm just like I can't even. Yeah. And um, so I, I just would. I really want to try and keep to it this year. And um, mm. we we have quite a bit on our schedule, like activities and stuff. So I'm just yeah. hoping that we can. Um, keep the home stuff simple. Yeah, and um, yeah, you know, just family wise, it's been a, a deeper year for us. There's been some um, loss and some um, heartbreak, and um, so I feel like the holidays, you know, I, I really am kind of ramping up a little bit. I'm like, come on, we <laughs> make it good mm-hmm. for the kids, yeah, because um, it's hard sometimes to to, to do that, but at the same time, I feel this quiet peace. And, uh, and again, just that call to simplicity that I, I think will really be the kind of clarion call for us. So I'm excited still, even through the, the hard stuff, I'm still excited. Mm-hmm. I feel
2: the same way where we, for our traditions, I have, my kids are only four. So this is like our fifth Christmas that we've, that we've celebrated. And it seems like the as the, as the years go on, we, it's like, Oh, add this. And that would be Mm -hmm. fun to do this and that and the other thing. And and I, I feel like I am right with you, Lynn going, it's going to be simple Mm -hmm. this year (laughs) because I, I just don't, I I don't like the hustle that comes with the holiday Mm -hmm. season. I, I just, I feel like I lose a lot when I am trying to struggle to make something really exciting Mm -hmm. or really cool that I you know and it and it's really not that big of a deal to to anybody else one of the things that we are certainly going to continue is i read with my children a christmas book mm-hmm. every night um starting november 30th and then up through um and so that that's been something that we've that we've done that's totally it's totally doable, mm-hmm. but I used to I used to wrap individually wrap mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. And I've done it. No, Mama's not I've doing that and, this yep. year. I am not wrapping the book this year. There was like this. The first year I wrapped the whole book. The second year I I wrapped like the yeah. front of the book. I like I, I, basically taped some paper. I taped some paper yeah. over yeah. the cover, basically, <laughs> and it was like, it's just progressively gotten this like year no paper. from papers. the library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so it's just gonna be like books in a basket. It would be like you can just pick out one of the books from this basket yeah. to read. It's not gonna be like mom's curating the the uh selection. You know, the order yeah. with which we read yeah, it's not gonna be that. It's just gonna be like, mm. Here's our books, you know. So simple, simple, simple is my is my go to mm. this I love year. That. How about you, Sarah?
3: I'm chuckling as you all are talking because I think I may be the overachiever.
1: (laughs) It's so good though, Sarah, go for it. Tell us. It's good.
3: And I think, you know, you girls know I went through infertility. So I've been dreaming and plotting and the preschool teacher in me loves a good holiday. So, um, (laughs) my favorite. So, um, I feel like this is low key, but, (laughs) but at the same time, not the the ones I'm looking forward to, um, my son has a little advent calendar, and so we're going to do that again. He gets one jelly bean, and uh, we're going to try to do a Bible verse along with that each day. And um, he is very excited to make a birthday cake for Jesus. So mm-hmm. we're planning on doing that for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he wants to put jelly beans on the birthday cake. He's already plotting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that should be simple, I think. Yeah. And then um, we're really trying from the very beginning to be very intentional about gift giving. And, you know, I think reflecting from my old childhood, I've really had wonderful Christmases, but I know sometimes I would compare what I received year to year and it was easy to get caught up in the gifts. And so we followed the tradition, the four gifts. So something you want, something you need, something to wear and something to read. Mm -hmm. That's great. uh, it just really helps me not go crazy, yeah, like especially when the kids are little. You can just spend, you know, 50 bucks and get a bunch of little gifts or be really intentional about each gift. And so yeah. um, I find a lot of joy in thinking hard about what that gift is going to be for each topic. And then one of my favorites is stockings. It's I collect things often all year, little things. Um, so that will be fun. And then um, last year we got Star From Afar, kind of a different take on Elf on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to try that this year when you hide the star Mm -hmm. um, and have my son find it. So like the star above Jesus to represent that.
2: But you don't have to like position the star and make like a little diorama for the star. You can just like put the star <laughs> exactly. somewhere. Just move it. <laughs> I love
1: included. that. I love that. Girl. So mm-hmm. I don't even know if I can talk about Elf of the Shelf right now. Cause I will offend someone. Cause I just, mm-hmm. that is like, but the star love it. Yeah. Do yeah. the star. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so- also I have a 16 month old and she's getting nothing for Christmas. <laughs> And don't you dare judge me. <laughs> <laughs> she can have the boxes and the paper. She'll be so excited. <laughs> she totally will. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. And you know what? On Christmas morning, she'll probably have something because I'm a mush yeah. anyway. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I laugh about how much I had for my first child and now the second. It's like, okay, one gift. Or we did the whole yeah. <laughs> thing for him, <laughs> like the new nubbies. <laughs> um, oh, and the other one I feel like I have to mention because I think they're so fun is I love doing homemade ornaments with my kids' hands and mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. little snowmen. But there's just something about their handprints at this age. Yeah. Oh, they're precious. Yes. That's they don't awesome. stay
0: little forever. Uh-huh. Take it from my mama that has older ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and Emily, so, how about
3: you? What are you excited about?
0: You know, I have really tried to overdo Christmas every year. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've done the 25 day advent, like do all the things and I never... I never do all of them because it's just impossible, even if they're easy things like color a Christmas picture or have hot chocolate with a candy cane in it or something that is just it's just overbearing and I can't do that this year. And so um, I just had a conversation, which will be on a podcast episode that airs just before this one uh, with a couple gals. And uh, Kimberly is the one that talked about how, what makes a tradition special is that you do it every year and you could do just one thing, but if you do it every year, it's going to be so special and so memorable for your kids. Mm -hmm. And um, she talked about, doing an advent wreath that she lights candles all through the month. And I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to go and get the supplies to create that so that there is something that we can do every day. It will be light a candle during dinner, which is very easy because the candle will be right there. And um, but as far as doing 25 different activities, um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just try to hunker down and let it be kind of a quiet, reflective time because this year has been very full of all kinds of excitement and, you know, me having part of my brain always on the kindred mom stuff. um, I just, I kind of want to protect December and and make it as, I want to be as present with my kids as I can. And we will probably do some of the fun things that have been on my Advent activity list, but I'm just not going to put any pressure on myself to Mm -hmm. (laughs) keep an impossible schedule. So... Yeah, that's six,
3: so good. Six people are reminding you the schedule if you make one. <laughs> so, <that's Yes>. right.
0: <laughs> so, yep, that's what we have planned. And I just I want to say thank you to those of you on the team uh, who have spent a lot of time just listening to me, encouraging me, helping, writing editing. Um, You gals have been just such a blessing, um, not only to me, but to the whole Kindred Mom community. But I am personally really grateful for the investment that you've made and the courage that you've had to just jump on board this train. And um, Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that this coming year will be an even more beautiful segment of the journey. So thank you for your support and your investment in Kindred Mom. Thank you, Anne.
3: We're glad to be a part of it. We Thanks. love you. and We love Kindred Mom.
0: Awesome. Well, I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas and we'll catch you in 2018. I am humbled by every writer who has contributed to our blog this year, even if we didn't name you today on the podcast. I'm humbled by every reader who has read, liked, and shared the essays our team has curated. Thank you. I am grateful to every guest who appeared on this podcast and the listeners who tuned in. You are all brave, inspiring, thoughtful, brilliant women, and you have been a part of some very deep work that God is doing in my personal life that flows into the vision that He has given me for Kindred Mom, that every mama would recognize her value and the significant investment that we make in our families that as a community of women who celebrate our small victories together and share our stories with the hope of helping other moms, that we can continue conversations that help us flourish and thrive through these challenging years of raising children. Think of the moms around you and how much they sacrifice to serve and love their families. Think about how depleted and discouraged so many of us are as we navigate these years. I ask you to think about the moms in your circle, moms you want to encourage and uplift through their struggles. Will you please invite them to check out Kindred Mom, to listen to the podcast, especially going forward, to subscribe to our email list where we have some really practical resources in the works and we'll be sending those out month by month to our subscribers. Lastly, we invite you to invite your friends into the private Kindred Mom Facebook group so that we can have a direct touch point with you and hear your stories. We are here for you, and I'm certain that January's topic of self-care and soul care for moms is going to be really powerful. Preparing for that series is literally changing my life. Merry Christmas. Thank you for such a wonderful year, and we'll see you in 2018.